Okay, 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 okay. I, 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 I want to give you love, but not when you bite me. I know. Okay, okay. Ah. Journey wants all the Tiffany love. I, I want to love on him so much, too. I'm so sexy and you know... No, it's I... Wait, how the fuck does that song go? I'm too sexy for this Oh, that's right. I'm too sexy for Journey is what happens. Journey is obsessed with me. Uh, all right. So <clears throat> here we are. And one of the latest triumphs is, of course, that we adopted out all the puppies. All the puppies. And... and- the mama, who was a special needs dog, Maleficent and her beautiful puppies. Oh, Maleficent. I know. She's finally going to get her happily ever after. Hang on. Journey got his ball stuck. Okay, Journey. Get your ball. F-A-I-R-Y-T-A-I-L-S. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Louise. Maleficent's a special girl. Oh, my heart. Yeah, so for those of you who have been following us here on the podcast, know that Maleficent came to us a couple of months ago, and uh, she was rescued from a hoarding situation, and she was uh, thus very fearful of both people and being outside, being on the leash, and just everything. Uh, she was just hiding under my couch for the first two weeks she was here. And then turns out she had puppies. She was pregnant too, poor girl. And she was skin and bones and, you know, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, she was skinny when she was pregnant. So we were, we had no inclination that she was pregnant. There was no bump in her belly. It was a complete surprise, but out came six healthy and beautiful puppies. You're a good puppy mama, Louise. Give yourself some a, a, a hug because that was a lot of work and you did it. And you did it with so much love and care. And now they're going to have these amazing families and live happily ever after. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yes, that's true. I mean, that's that's all that matters too. That they get to go off and like be in happy homes. Yeah, and the, they're can in the and also the pictures when you just look at the families that have them. They're so they look so happy. They're just like, I got my baby. It's just so precious, you know. And Maleficent, that to me that makes me even happier than it because puppies. Everybody wants puppies, so they're easy to, easy to adopt. But a dog like Maleficent. I know, and she didn't get any applications for a long time, and applications for her puppies were just raining in. Yeah, I know. It's, I know. Like, the mom does all the work, you know. As a mom, I relate to Maleficent. She does all the work, and it's the kids that really get all the time and attention and get taken care of, and mom's all, fuck. But luckily, <laughs> you know, the right person came along for Maleficent, and, you know, she just showed up in time for uh, the last asked puppy flora to be adopted out as well so it just like aligned perfectly and I, I love when that happens because she was such a perfect match for Maleficent it just made me feel like there is an order in the universe and you know right now it, these guys were next in line <laughs> you, you know it really does as much as it's really hard sometimes to be a foster mom you get attached and you also takes more time out of your day um, but when that happens, when you do find these homes and these people and these families, it also, I just can't express how much it gives me a little bit more hope in humanity. And I've said that a lot of time, but when I meet these people and they see these 
these good people out in the world and I feel better about things. Yeah, and you said it before, but say it again and again because we need to have these experiences again and again to be reminded that we are changing the world, we are making it a better place, and there are more people out there like us who are just ready to love and embrace and, you know. Yeah, and, and, and especially when I get, you know, sometimes I get really down and negative about things going on in the world or how other people behave and not kind and ways that I, I find despicable. Um, and so it does gives me hope, gives me hope when I meet these families. And when I say families, I'm talking about all kinds of families. It's a single person. A dog makes the family. That's right. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, so I'm super happy about, oh, oh, I have other good news. Yay. More good news. So Buster just got adopted and he is another, you know, he was not special needs by any way, but he was not like the perfect dog. Uh, he, he was very, um, got too excited when you're on the leash and you're walking him and he sees another dog. He's like, ah, he's got, he has a little bit of a journey and then it could turn into a little tussle Mm. um so he had that thing that journey has but he was a great dog just like journey is so but he got adopted by louise's like future self this woman reminded (laughs) me that you say that (laughs) she did she reminded me of what i i mean she, she just was like this tough woman who knew you know who understood dogs and how and she did that she did your thing uh uh she did it just like you. I was just like, oh, my God, I told her. You sound like my friend Louise. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. She did that same thing, and he's going to be perfect there. Oh, Buster, we wish you a happily ever after. And Buster, I don't. I, I failed to mention his story, but he, you know, he was about five years old and lived in a home, and then that family had a child, and subsequently... The dog bit the child, and then he was surrendered to the shelter. So we rehomed him. But I just want to make sure people know what's really disappointing is there's two things. One, if he did bite her or the child, people need to be careful and teach children how to be around animals. But then there's the other thing, which is a lot of times people actually lie about their dog biting because they're so ashamed to bring the dog to a shelter if they need to... um, rehome or um surrender the dog because they're embarrassed you know for whatever reason if you say the dog bit somebody this automatically puts the shelter in a place where they cannot adopt the dog out to the public they have to surrender it to a rescue it's so good that you bring this up because it's horrendous and it's so true and it's so common so don't say that a dog has bit someone just to justify what you're doing you know you're doing the, a dog a huge disfavor you're hoping that this dog will be rehomed if you tell the shelter that this dog has been bitten they are not going to adopt the dog out luckily for buster we a dog rescue came along and took him so they didn't euthanize him but yeah. he just as easily could have been euthanized Absolutely, and and also what's interesting is that uh, our our partner at the at the shelter told us that there's also lots of rescues that won't take dogs, won't even take dogs that have bite history, and I've learned through all of the dogs that we've had that had quote unquote bite history, I would say I probably about ninety nine to hundred percent of them, I had not one issue, not one issue of biting. I just didn't put them in homes with children because that. If that's the case. Of course. 
you know, Buster never tried to bite me. Or your kids. Or my kids. Um, and I've had that same situation. I know you have. So just be mindful of that and let other people know. <laughs> I know it's been a hard long two couple weeks. You know, for we a lot of people ask me, oh, so, who, so you know, who's who runs your rescue? I'm like, it's just me and Louise. It's just us. And we both have full-time jobs and lives. And it's really hard. Um, we don't give ourselves enough credits. We are just a two-gal show here. Um, but we need help. <laughs> we really need help. And um, it's getting harder and harder, you know. The cost of things are very expensive. So, you know, we need some more help out there. You know, if you want to be a foster... Uh, that would be amazing. If you want to help us in the organizational and administrative areas, that would be great. So you don't even have to be that local for that. Um, if you want to be a foster home, you need to be in San Francisco or the Bay Area. And so if you can help us, please, please go to our website, fairytalesdogrescue.com. And then you can find a way to contact us and to volunteer. So we hope to hear from you because we need to grow this family. Yes, we're doing good things. And we really do want to focus on preventing um, the problems because there's still so many dogs out there. And, you know, as we all are in this situation together where we're going back to work and businesses are opened and mask mandates have, have subsided, um, what's happening is people are going back into work in the offices. And I came across this article that I thought was really interesting. So there is also, if you pay attention to the news, um, a grand resignation So that's been happening. And what that means is people are quitting their jobs and saying, fuck it. And if they're not getting treated well enough, they're not getting paid enough, they're just like, fuck this. I'm going to, you know, focus on something else. So... With that being said, I read this article that these companies who allow your dog to come to work with you in the office are actually flourishing and are not seeing people resign. They're seeing people happy and staying at that job. Well, this is the new trend of the new generation. I know people say a lot of bad things about the millennials and... Sure, some things are true, but what is good about the new generation is that they are putting up demands on having a life while they're working too. They want more vacation. They want more flexibility. They want to be able to work from home and they're not afraid to ask for it. And I think it's a good thing because we should not be slaves to our bosses anymore. That's the old school. We are changing and this is for the better. And turns out it's for the better for the dogs too. Because they don't have to sit at home waiting yeah. all day. And the, really, the dogs, a lot of times, they're just sleeping all that time during the day. So why don't they just sleep at your by your foot and your desk? It actually, uh, you know, makes a, an office environment happier. People come by and they pet the dogs and it increases their positive serotonin levels. You know, it's a win-win situation. And then you also create more of a family environment. And that's just like, and just going back to the millennials, you know, I, I'm not a millennial, but you are a millennial. No, I'm not. You're I'm not? born in the 80s. Okay, well, I, maybe I don't know when the millennials, but I want to say is the millennials, I feel, I feel like, you know, really do need to get credit for this because... This is something that I remember is just like work, 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 you know. And, yeah, bow your head down. And, you know, the millennial, millennials are, they want to care about what they do. They're they're not as motivated by money. They're motivated by quality of life. 
And um, I appreciate that. So pow- more power to the millennials for doing that and making this change better for all of us. And for the dogs. And for the dogs, even better. But yeah, it's like people were like laughing at all the techie companies, the startups, and oh, they bring their dogs. But you know what? That creates a really good environment all around. So if you want to keep employees and you want to keep employees happy, then, you know, think outside the box of just the old structured way. Oh, yeah. Bring some life and fun into the office. Let the dog in. Yeah, why do we have to, yeah, we need to have more fun in our jobs. We need to have fun. And um, that's, that's just, uh, that again is what the millennials have changed. And they also, you know, want a life. And if their dog is part of their life, I mean, it's really easy. It's, you know, I mean, of course there's probably challenges of dogs that don't behave and this and that. So, but you know, there's got to be some criteria and things like that. But a dog can learn and be trained and you know this this could help people to to do that want be motivated want to train and help their dog so they can be in an environment like that exactly more dogs can be socialized because they're motivated to have their dogs with them everywhere at work and in public so it really uh, helps to motivate people into training for sure so there we go we got that positive news and you know um we are still facing a crisis, a crisis of too many dogs in the shelter. And on the other side, the flip side is there are also articles about people who are returning their dogs to the shelter or the dogs are ending up in the shelter because of, they're going back to work. Shame on them. Absolutely. That's just, it just kills me because how, I mean, so that dog, they basically they got the dog just to serve their own purpose. How can you just return them and be like, Oh, I'm done with you now. Here you go. It's it's nothing we would ever even fathom doing. Uh, and most people don't, but the problem is is these are the wrong people adopting dogs and they should, they're not they're not or they're not educated or they're just you know, the application process should be better because why did they get end up with these dogs? Exactly. So you ask yourself, did they have this plan originally when they got the dog? It's uh, hard to imagine who these people are. But that's why we're doing this because we're still there's still so much education out there. And I read another article about this woman who had posted um, asking. There's a whole new thing. I don't know if you heard of it. Am I the asshole? Oh yes, right. So let's explain to people that it's uh, like the uh, most popular um, uh, thing on Reddit now. Yeah, it's like basically you get consensus from the public. Are am I the asshole? And you tell the story about. You know, if you're like kind of like, was I an asshole or not? And you get people's opinions. And the thing is that you can then use this. So if you like this guy who started had a situation with his roommates where the girlfriend kept walking into his room uh, unannounced and he asked her not to and she kept doing it. So then he started uh, lying around naked so she would be uncomfortable doing that. And then they called him an asshole. He put this on Reddit and asked people, am I the asshole? And everyone said, no, they're the assholes. And so... Uh, so he, he started show it. it to them, you know, like, look, here, you guys right. are the asshole. And so this is a started a trend. So that's the first one. Is that the first one? Okay, but first of all, yeah, why was she barging in? And she was the asshole. She wanted sure. him to be naked. She anyway, wanted to fuck back him. back to topic. Anyways. Okay, so, yes, back to the topic. So this woman wrote about how she got a puppy 
and then realized that it's just way too much work and she wants to rehome the puppy. Am I the asshole? So she did that in Am I the Asshole? And yes, she's the asshole. <laughs> and it was surprisingly split. And I'll tell you what, why. Oh, tell me. Because there was people, there was plenty of people that said, you know, why didn't you do the research before? Blah, 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 blah. Or how could you give up? Like we would say, how could you give up your fur baby? But when I read the responses, I really thought about it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, she's stupid. And she didn't do her research. And she obviously realizes that. But do we want a dog kept in a home that's not going to be loved and cared for? She's at least admitting that she made a mistake and is looking to find a new home for this dog. So that's where I actually, when I was reading all the opinions. Yeah, but you know, here comes the difference. This woman cares enough to be looking for another home for the dog. Other people go and dump the dog yes. at the shelter. I think there's a huge difference huge amongst difference. these people. Mm-hmm. If you, if people who take it on to themselves to rehome the dog to a better situation and they're holding on to the dog until that happens and they just, you know make all the the good things they can for the better of the dog as well, then I'm okay with that, yeah. Yeah. But if you just give up on your dog, dump him at the shelter and say, oh, this is your problem now. Yeah. That I'm not okay with. Exactly. And that's a huge difference. Thanks for clarifying. And that's that's when I thought, you know, because when when people, when some of the comments were being harsh with her, I mean, I would have said, yes, you know, you obviously failed to do your research and you kind of look stupid for that. However, but, you know, I know people who have gotten dogs from somebody who needed to rehome the dog and they are like in perfect home. So if I ever had to be in a situation where I need to rehome my dog, which will never happen, but let's just say, I don't want to give horrible examples because I don't even want to put that in the universe, but I would do everything to find the right home in perfect home and with all love and care. And I would be able to live with myself any other way. Mm. It's uh, so easy to judge people Mm -hmm. who give up dogs. Obviously, it's so easy to judge them, and we do. However, I believe in gray areas, Mm -hmm. and there are situations, of course. This is how you do it. It's like, okay, but like you said, just... Don't drop it off and it's your problem now is not okay because you know these shelters are so overcrowded, so underfunded, and they have to euthanize dogs. And that's what the situation you're putting that dog in, and there is no justifying that. It's life or death. Yeah, yeah. So if you find yourself in a situation, there's lots of ways to rehome a dog that is fair and also a great solution but go get it when go in getting a dog that is never the end result in fact our application one of the most important questions on our application is give us a reason why you would ever need to give up this dog the applications always frustrate me because it's the same for several of these questions such as you know how long will the dog be alone every day and Um, all of these care questions and people will obliviously uh, or bluntly and shamelessly declare that they're going to do very inappropriate things uh, such as uh, crate a dog for eight hours every day or um, uh, like you said um, uh, give up a dog if uh, they 
you know, have behavioral problems that they can't be trained away within three months Mm -hmm. and ridiculous things like that. And they still expect us to adopt out a dog (laughs) to them. It's, you know, this is the time where I'm like, well, I'm really glad that at least they're honest so that we know to weed them out. Exactly. We're so glad they're honest. And but I'm so shocked that they're honest and they're unaware that their idea of treating a dog is animal abuse. It's, you know, and we've had this discussion before. It's almost like we've debated like because some of them are reach keep reaching out why you know why was i chosen or what happened and we've debated like we don't want to tell them what they wrote is wrong because we're afraid that they're going to lie on application later on because what if that is really their intent or do we educate them and maybe they'll have uh, be more aware it's a really weird thing isn't it we decided that this context our focus has to be to protect the dogs so if we just tell them uh, uh, what answers they gave that were wrong and what the right answers are they can just lie in another application and get a dog so that way it's too risky for the dogs but yes we do of course need to educate uh, people and let them know But we'll do that in another context, in our community outreach programs, in this podcast, on uh, our social media outlets. That's where we're putting out information and awareness. Uh, But when we're dealing with the applications, it's a different thing because then we have to focus on keeping our dogs safe. Yes. Yeah, that that was our moral dilemma. But there is plenty of applicants out there that are you could read and you can meet them and you you know that they're really the right family. So the ones that say they're going to crate them all day or they would give up on this dog for this reason, we do not even we just skip right past them. Oh yeah. And it's horrifying reading through all of these applications. I remember with the puppies I had so many applications to read. And, I, you know, I would have like 10 of them in a row that was just horrifying. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, even if I don't give these people a dog, they are going to walk down to, you know, whatever county shelter where anyone can get a dog. And, you know, they are going to end up having a dog and they're going to treat the dog this way. And we are in a country where there's no loss really on pet care. And people are just dumbfounded for things that seem so obvious to me that you treat a dog in humane way which means they need to be able to pee every four to five hours they do not want to be confined into a small space as a crate during longer times you know they need socialization they they need training they need healthy fresh food it's so strange to me that we still have these old ideas of a dog being some kind of Thing. creature yeah like monster or something i know it's 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 it is insane to me but there is that mentality and i hate to say it but a lot of those people are actually not getting dogs at the shelter though those people are getting them from the breeders because the breeders don't have this detailed application process they just want your money so anybody who's got money can buy a dog like it's a toy and take it home. And so I've noticed that a lot of the dogs that are crated or given up on are dogs that were bought from a breeder and are like first time owners and did not do their due diligence to be, to research. And I'm thinking there's so much information at your fingertips these days on the internet. Like how? 
this is the old generation. This is the old way of doing it. And, you know, it's like, it just strikes me that, uh, for example, hang on, Journey's Ball. And what I find really appalling is that this is so old-fashioned uh, because let me give you an example. I was talking to my assistant uh, about um, the dogs we had when we grew up and how they were treated. And so he is 74 now. When he grew up in the South and the family had a dog, they kept the dog in the basement. And, you know, they would bring it out sometimes when they, you know, wanted to play with it or, like, have it around, you know, but then they put it back in the basement. Now he would look back on that and be like, that's horrible, because he's, you know, he's a great dog dad now. He's just like, yeah. He's great, you know, and he loves his dogs, and he would never treat a dog that way now, but when he was a kid, that was just the way it was done. But you know what? That was, like... 60, 70 years ago, people were doing that. Guess what? It's new times. We don't treat dogs this way. But still, we have these idiots showing up on our applications that they want to do just that. They're out there and there's a lot of them still. So that's, uh, you know, one of the things that we are, need your help on in order for us to get more education out there is we want to create educational curriculum to educate the children in the public schools and we really could help with some donations and we can make more, get more information out there, starting with the children. Yeah. And if you want to help our cause, please send us donations. And you can do that on our website, fairytalesdogrescue.com. Dot com. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I know we're, we're, we're always still stunned by the lack of information out there still to this day. And these are applicants from people who are looking at least to get from a rescue and not from a breeder. They're still sharing misinformed information about how to treat a dog. What was your worst application that you got for the puppies that you're like, whoa, what? Um, Okay, let me think. Oh, I think there was this guy who said that he wasn't sure he was going to be able to keep his housing So he might return the dog if that was the case, but he promised that he would if he would lose his house. I was like, no. Yeah, it's like if you lose your house, you got to live somewhere. You're going to go find a new house with your dog. Or are you saying you're going to be homeless? Sorry, I mean, I I volunteered a shelter and get some puppy love. And uh, what else was there? Hmm. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of those always that say they would return the dog if they got sick. Exactly, if the dog got sick. I I did read that, and I also read that would return their dog if the dog was aggressive. And it's like, this is an application for a puppy. Tiffany, there's something else I want to talk to you about. It's on the news. They busted a puppy mill in Virginia and they rescued more than a hundred oh. beagles oh. that were, you know, re- severely abused. Oh God, beagles are the sweetest too. This is from CBS Six. Officials accuse a company that runs a Virginia facility breeding dogs for research of violating animal welfare law. At least 145 beagles were recently seized and found to be in acute distress. That is according to a lawsuit the government filed Thursday against Envigo RMS. The facility in Cumberland County has been under increasing scrutiny for months now, drawing concerns from animal rights groups, members of Congress, and Virginia lawmakers. 
Repeated federal inspections since Invigo acquired the facility three years ago have found dozens upon dozens of violations. Since the first group of dogs was seized last month, many animal rescue shelters have taken them in, including the Richmond SPCA. A spokesman for Invigo says the company is working on a statement. These beagles, you know, they were going to, um, for research, like they were, this puppy mill was contracted for it. Oh, and, disgusting. you know, that was all legal, even though we don't like it. But it's been cited by the Department of Agriculture like 60 times what? for, like, you know, not living up to their standards. The few standards that they have, which, like, let me tell you people, oh, you might think that these are like a lot of standards. No, it's access to water. Oh, God. It's, you know, access to veterinary care when they need it <laughs> and room to move that's and it. be getting food. Like, that's basically oh it. Then they fail to comply with They these. couldn't even... It's, but, it's but wait ridiculous. a second. If they had 60 citations, why weren't they fucking shut down? Exactly. Like, why is this happening now? It doesn't now? matter. Like, what? How? obviously the citations are, they are, like, how much do they pay? Oh, here's 50 bucks. Here's 100 bucks. Like, it's not enough to stop them from doing what the abuse. So, and, and okay, so how come it, I want to know, since you read the article, how many, they get, had to give 60 citations. Who shut them down? How did it finally get resolved? Yeah, so the puppy mill is called Envigo, by the way. So if you ever hear that name, don't get a dog from Envigo. It's a, a breeding and research facility in Cumberland, Virginia. So most of them are not pets. It's really beagles that are used for oh God. research. And it's, all they know is torture and abuse their whole fucking lives. Um, and it says that more than half of the citations were deemed to be more serious the complaints alleges that Invigo has not hired enough employees to properly care for the beagles uh, that it chose to euthanize dogs when they could have prevented them from uh, suffering and uh, um, overcrowding and unsanitary uh, places that, that they put the dogs that made them sick instead of giving them treatment they just euthanized them uh, and bred some more like they are commodity and then when the dogs die, the facility did not, like, investigate or, you know, document, like, properly why this happened and how they can prevent it and not have this happen again. No, they just let it happen again and again. So when 300 beagle puppies died in seven months due to, quote, unknown causes, mm. uh, then that finally uh, stirred, you know, some complaint states that got this going. Um, so yeah, here we are now. At least it's a good news yeah. that they got busted, you know, and hopefully other puppy mills are looking around and feeling scared because yeah. we're coming for you next. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Oh man, you know, I do like to hear about these busts, but I also don't like to hear about these busts because then I know that this kind of torture is happening right this minute. But, you know, I would like to say that those the medical companies or whatever companies that are buying these dogs should also be penalized for not doing their due diligence of making sure that they're getting it from... I don't, well, fuck that. Why do you need to fucking... What am I saying? First of all, why do you need to fucking test on a fucking dog in the first place? Test on a fucking human. Yeah. But they should be penalized too. Test on people who torture animals. That's what I always say. Yeah. 
men who rape children like there's plenty of scumbags in the human yeah. race that we can use for this kind of testing however you know what the human race despite this these scumbags is actually quite brilliant we can cure almost all cancers today we can fly to the moon we can invent electric cars guess what we can do research without victimizing the beagles right. we don't Come need on. to torture dogs to create no. new things we're better than that now i it's, would think i keep coming back to this in this episode it's a new time new generations new mindset Keep up with it. Well, this this goes back to our episode. If you want to watch our episode, speciesism, this is goes back to that, and it's it's about how humans think they are superior and rule over any other living being, and that's why they think they have the right to test on animals. Good idea. Listen to that episode. Just scroll down. Yeah. So, yeah, and you know. Beagles, I I really, when I heard this about why they tested, they used beagles, that breed, to test, my heart just broke into little pieces because the reason they use beagles to test is because they're so forgiving. Their nature is that they are the most forgiving, so people can't hurt them over and over again and they can still, you know, make them come back to them. It's absolutely horrible. horrible. Another terrible thing about the beagles being used uh, in labs is that they're very vocal dogs. And that's, of course, is very annoying if you're going to keep them in um, confined spaces like this their entire lives. They're going to bark up a storm. But the uh, research centers solve this by clipping out their vocal cords so they can't bark. So it's horrible altogether, and it's just appalling that this is legal. And you know what? We're here to tell you the truth, so at least you have the full picture. And um, I have another you know, idea. Oh, do you remember when we? Well, I know one of our ideas, and I'd still love to do this idea. Is we want to do a horror film about puppy mills. Another horror film we could do is. And I just saw this idea when you were t- painting this picture. It was just like I was in a horror film just listening to you. But wouldn't it be great to replace the beagles to humans and that they they, they keep these poor humans in these conditions and then they take them to the, they sell them to the labs and then they take out their vocal cords and they're like, I mean, that'd be a fucking horror film. That maybe would drive home like what these dogs are fucking living and dealing with right now, this minute, this day. I think it's a good idea to make people empathize. And it's, it definitely hits the category of a horror film if we ever going to do films about what, the reality of dogs because it is a horrific situation, both with the puppy mills and with the research centers. Yeah, I, I'm feeling inspired by this because I love, I, I like to be creative. We both like to be creative. And, you know, I think that people learn in different ways and messages get, you have to put out there in different ways. One way is the podcast, but you know what? Maybe something like a horror film would make people really get it too. Horror films really awaken emotions. And I think that's why we both like it because it becomes so raw right. and uh, real almost uh, It's when it's well done. Uh, yeah, we're two horror film fans. So watch mm-hmm. out, people. You're probably going to see some of that 
at some point. But for now, we're podcasting. Yeah. We need to wrap this up. Oh, man. I was just getting started. But you know what? I feel good. I feel good. Like, I'm, I'm feeling inspired by the whole horror thing. I think that's, that's going to be one of our projects. And we have a beagle here that you're babysitting. So I'm looking at him while we're talking about the beagles. Oh, yeah. Baxter's here. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening in. Ciao. My dog don't bite. Oh, he's as gentle as a butterfly. I swear to God. He loves everybody. Got to love my dog. Right.